At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. We eagerly wait with anticipation for the return of Jesus, when He will make everything wrong, right. In a way, He's always reigned over all things, but on the other hand, His saving grace has received pushback and rejection from the evil of this world. Join us in our new series, Thy Kingdom Come, His Reign in Our Lives where we'll learn what the reign of Jesus truly means for us believers and how we, as the body of Christ, can continue spreading his name until he returns. All right, this morning, if you have a Bible or electronic device, I want to encourage you to take it out and turn with me to the book of Mark. Turn with me to the book of Mark. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4 today, beginning in verse 21. So I want you to go ahead and turn there. How do you typically respond when you have good news? When you receive good news, how do you typically, typically respond? Many times when we hear good news, we want to tell others, Right? Whether it's the birth of a child, uh, invitation to go to homecoming and entering into a relationship. Maybe you got a new job or you aced a test. Right? Those, those are things that we get excited about and we want to share good news. And many times people go to social media to tell the world about all their good news. And sometimes people go to social media and they like show pictures of what they ate for dinner. That's exciting too. And so we like to share news. We are news sharers and we are news gatherers. And we something about news that is exciting to us. And a lot of times when we get good news, we want the world to know. But there are also times in which we get good news that we want to be very careful with the information that we receive. Imagine for a moment... You uh, get a phone call tomorrow morning after waking up that you have a distant relative that you didn't even know was alive, has just passed away, and you've just inherited $100 million. That's great news, right? Like, I'm going to be generous now because I got it to be generous, right? It's good news, but you know, and I know, it's probably not best to go and make that like social media post. Hey, guess what? I just inherited $100 million. That's probably not a good idea. Because when people hear that kind of news, they look for ways to take advantage of you, right? Or, or if you hear that kind of news, then, then you get all of these new people involved. You might, you might find a whole new list of relatives that you didn't know you had that now wants to draw close to you because of what you have, right? So lots of times, good news we want to share, we want to herald it to the ends of the earth, but sometimes there's good news that we have that we need to be more careful about how we communicate. We need to be more calculated in how we care for it. Because if you were to receive $100 million, there's lots of good you could do with that. right? But you would need time to consider that. And today, as we are continuing our series looking at the Thy Kingdom Come, we've seen and we've been talking about Jesus, who is the greatest news of all time, has arrived And as he's come, his ministry is very, very public. He's out there teaching. He's out there healing in front of the crowds, allowing them to see God come to earth to change and transform humanity. But we've also learned as we've been walking through this series that though Jesus' ministry is very public and his teaching was public, 
we hear that his explanations of his teachings were very private. So in some ways, Jesus is is speaking very publicly, but he's speaking in parables. Parables that seem like simple stories that the the, uh, average listener or the half-hearted listener would hear and would understand and say, yeah, that's how life works. But to those that are simply seeking to follow Jesus, Jesus draws them close and he teaches them privately about who Jesus is. So we've been going through this gospel with the sole purpose of making us decide what we do with Jesus. Right? We, have, we can't sit on the fence when we look at who Jesus says he is. Either Jesus is the Lord of our lives, Jesus is the one that has come to save us from our sins, or Jesus is something else. Someone is, is to be someone that is to be rejected. So as we've been walking through this series, that's the question we're trying to answer. Who is Jesus. And in chapter 4, we come, last week we looked at chapter 4 of Mark, and we began as Jesus is teaching about the desire for the kingdom of God to be expanded through the hearts of people. Right? Jesus is not about trying to develop a uh, huge political party. Jesus is not trying to develop a large army. But Jesus is after the hearts of people. And so we can see who's in the kingdom of God based on their heart. And last week, Jesus gave us a parable about four different types of hearts as it receives or rejects the word of God. There are three soils. The first one was hard packed where the seed had no room to penetrate. The the second one was rocky soil and it grew up a little bit but then died off. And the third was thorny soil where it immediately showed life and then the thorns choked it out. And it was only the fourth soil, the good soil, where the word of God was able to come in and be received and it produced amazing fruit. So today as we pick up in chapter of Mark, we see that Jesus is speaking in parables, and he speaks in parables, but interprets them or explains them in deeper detail to his disciples. He's taking this time to explain to them because he wants them to understand so that they can share about the kingdom of God. They have to understand the message. They have to have received the message so that they will be able to communicate the message as Jesus continues on and Jesus goes back into heaven. So today we begin in verse 21 of chapter 4. And this is what Jesus says. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in? To be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. And so remember, Jesus is teaching and he's interpreting some of these things in secret. But Jesus gives this example. He says, hey, you don't go buy a lamp to bring it back into your house to hide it under a bed. That's not the purpose of the lamp. The purpose of the lamp is to come and to give life, to give light to all that is around. So in essence, what Jesus is saying is that he himself is the light. The light has come into the world, and the purpose of it is not so that Jesus is hidden. But in some ways, it is, the purpose of it is to be like hide and seek, 
right? Right now, it seems like all of Jesus' words, or many of Jesus' words, seem hidden to the, the general population, the general crowd. But like hide and seek, it's meant to be found. It's meant to be revealed. And so Jesus is saying, the word, the light that has come, is not going to be veiled forever. But the light is to be shown. And how is it going to be shown? It's going to be shown through you as Jesus is speaking to his disciples and in essence speaking to us. So those who have received the light, those that have believed the light are to be bearers of the light. And in understanding this truth, Jesus now goes into a series of three other parables that help identify how, as light bearers or light believers, how are we to share the light of Jesus in the days to come. What we see today is that Jesus' reign advances through his shared word. How is this kingdom going to be expressed? How is it going to continue to grow specifically after Jesus ascends back into heaven? How is it going to happen? And what we see is that his reign is going to continue to be expanded through those that are part of the kingdom of God. And as those that are a part of the kingdom of God begin to share the word of God to others. So today I want us to look at three truths or three ways in which this gets expanded. The first we see is that deeper leads to greater. Deeper leads to greater. Verse 24, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So Jesus begins in verse 24 with his disciples, those that he's drawn close, that have been separated from the crowd, that are followers of Jesus, that have given themselves over to his leadership and over to his lordship in their life. He begins communicating to them and he says to them, listen up. As I said last week, this again is like him grabbing the ears of his disciple and he's saying, guys, listen. What I'm about to say to you is very, very important. This is not something that I'm saying as a sidebar, but this is of utmost importance, so give your attention to it. And he says, listen. Jesus is giving a, a simile here, comparing the hearing of the word and its appropriation of its, in our lives as to, uh, to the measure of which it comes into our lives. So what he's saying is, the more you get into the word of God, the more you, you grow and understand the word of God, the more you will gain from it. The more time you spend in God's word, the more you listen to it, the more you will have. So he's saying, listen up. Listen to the word of God. Grow deep in the word of God. Pay attention to it. For the amount that you grow in it, or the the depth of which you dive into it, the more you will receive. Deeper leads to greater. The person that, that comes to the word of God and sees the word of God just as a bunch of sayings on mugs or on t-shirts, or on posters. If, the, if that's the only amount of scripture intake you, you have, you might have some words of wisdom, but what Jesus is saying is, right now, while you have me here, disciples, listen to my word and take it all in. Be like a sponge and soak it all up. Because soon, soon, the message of the kingdom will be very, very public. 
and you're going to be responsible for communicating that word and you need to know it. You need to know it inside and out. It needs to be so much a part of you that when you open up your mouth, you're no longer speaking the words of your old life, but you're speaking the words of the kingdom. Meaning that you're speaking life into people. Let it so much soak into you so that you are speaking it. I love what commentator Tom Wright says about this. He says, if the disciples, if they grasp what Jesus is saying and go deeper and deeper into it, they will get more from it. But if they remain at the superficial level, like the uncomprehending crowds, they will eve, they will lose even the sense of God and what he's doing, something new in their midst. Right? It's possible if we have a super, if we're superficial listeners to the word of God, not only do we miss the power that's there, but it has no part in our life. It has no longer no, nothing sacred in our lives. It misses on all of that. Have you ever noticed what your heart cares for, you pursue? Have you ever noticed that? What your heart really cares for, you pursue. Right? And when you pursue those things that your heart really cares for, it doesn't become a chore. Right? It's not something someone has to motivate you to go do something. It's something that you want to do and you follow after it. So maybe it's a new relationship. And so you get into a new relationship and you're like, I'm, let's get into this thing. Let's get to know each other. Let's spend time together. It's not like, oh, man, that person just texted me. Oh. Right? You're like, now I have to respond. No, that's not how it is. You enter into a new relationship, and that's super exciting. You're like, ooh, I got a text. I got four text messages. And you're like, all right, let's get into this. And you get into it, and the next thing you know, 45 minutes later, you've, you've just been texting the whole time. And you're like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. Not to mention you miss dinner, not to mention you miss you know, doing this and doing that, but you were so involved. What, what you're excited about, you want to spend time doing. So whether it's fantasy football, whether it's a home project, we, when we want to know something, we give ourselves over to it. Like you'll read about it, you'll study about it, you'll watch videos about it, you'll learn how to do it, and then you'll become a master of it, right? This is, in essence, what Jesus is saying here as it relates to his followers and their desire for the word of God. Your heart for the word of God should not be a chore. If you see desiring the word of God as a chore, you have a heart problem. This is God's love letter to you. In here are promises. In here is wisdom. In here is life. You're not going to find all of that out there in the world of social media. Right? Giving yourself over to death scrolling is not the way in which you're going to gain life, but it is in the word of God that we find life. And the deeper we go into the word of God, the more we find ourselves making this our home, the more we begin to understand God's heart, we begin to understand God's kingdom, 
and his kingdom begins to establish more and more inside of our hearts and we live like we're a part of the kingdom. We don't live like we're part of the world. We live like we're part of his kingdom. And so we give ourselves over to him more and more and more. This, this doesn't mean that every person needs to go to seminary and get a master's degree in Bible. Like that's, that's not what Jesus is saying. For some, that's necessary. If you're going to be a, a communicator of the word of God, if you're going to be a leader of people, you need to be theologically trained. But for most of us, that may not be the path that God, God has for us, but instead we need to be listeners of God's word. We've got to be taking in scripture as much as possible throughout the week. And, and 35 minutes on a Sunday morning is not enough for the whole week. It's good and it should be a part of your uh, habit and part of your practice to, to come and gather together as the church family and listen to the word of God proclaimed. That should be part of your habit, but it can't be your only scripture intake. Listening to Caleb all week long also is not enough. It's good by all means. By all means, listen to Christian radio. By all means, allow those voices because you have to understand every single moment from the moment you wake up to the time that you go to bed or the time you fall asleep, you are being inundated by messages. And 99.9% .9 of the messages that you're being bombarded with, whether you turn on the internet or you watch TV or you listen to the radio, 99.9% .9 of the messages aren't leading you to Jesus aren't making you grow more in love with Jesus. In essence, what you're hearing 99.9% .9 of, of the time is that love yourself more. Get what you want, do what you desire. Your heart is the only thing that matters. That's, that's what you hear from the rest of the world. So we've gotta fight those messages through listening to God's word. I'm not trying here to guilt you into doing it because we know how that works. Pastor said, I gotta be in the word. Pastor said, I gotta be in the word. So I'm gonna be in the word. So you come up with this, you, get, you pull out your Bible and then you pull out your, you read the Bible through in a year plan and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do it. You even set up like your reading section back at your house with your little candle. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it this time. You're setting yourself up for failure because you're seeing the word of God as a chore. When in essence, what we should be doing is saying, I want to know Jesus. I just want to know Jesus. Like, and if you really want to know Jesus, you know how you're going to find Jesus? In the word. So change, change your perspective on the word of God. You want to grow deeper in the word? You want to go deeper in your relationship? I just want to know Jesus. And if that's not your heart cry, begin praying there. Say, Lord, I just want to get to know Jesus. Help my heart to want to desire Jesus. And that's where it begins. For when we grow or we go deeper, it leads to greater. Second, faithful leads to fruitful. As we're taking a look at God's word and how it works in the, the life of a believer and how believers are to share this message. And I, I will say this, before you can be a sharer of the message of Jesus, you have to know the message. Otherwise, you become a, a false prophet. Otherwise, you become someone that leads people astray. Because if you don't know the word, you can't share the word. Right? And that's why some of us are silent when it comes to, to issues that we encounter throughout our lives because we don't know what God's word has to say. 
We only know what this person thinks, and we only know what this person thinks, and we only know what this person said. Instead, we need to know what Jesus has said and what Jesus thinks, because that's what our world needs. So we begin, that's why Jesus says, deeper, is where you've got to begin, because you've got to know the word. Then he's going to talk about faithful leads to fruitful. Look at what he says in verse 26. And he says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces it by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, Jesus, again, is going back to the motif of helping us understand the sower and the seed. Now that's different. The God is not the sower. You and I are the sower. He says, you, you who are bearers of, who are believers of this message, now you sow the seed. And look at what he says about that. Who's doing the work here? Right? The sower sows the seed, and then he rises in the morning and goes to sleep at night, and he does nothing. But what happens with the power of the seed? It begins to grow. The farmer, farmer doesn't know how it's growing. He's like, I, I, I did nothing for that. I, I didn't cause it to grow. I can't cause it to grow. Right? I love how Paul says um, in, in uh, I forget what passage it's in, but he says, Paul watered it, Apollo, I, water, I planted it, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. See, there's faithful activity on our part in being a part of the kingdom of God. We've got to sow the seed. That's our job. Your job is to sow the seed. That's it. You're not to be... Uh, deciding on when it grows, how it grows, and all these other things. And I love this parable because it helps us fight the discouragement, it helps us fight disillusionment, and it helps us fight against deviating from the message. He says, your responsibility is just be faithful, share the word. And then God's going to make it work. God will make it work. Not everyone, just like the other soils, not every soil is going to be receptive of it, and it's not always going to receive it immediately and begin producing life. But no, the kingdom of God, when it's sown, sown through the seed of the word, will take root. Just be faithful to sow it. And then, when God does the work, be there for the harvest. Be there for when it's ready and it's ripe and ready to go. But there's a lot of waiting Right? Farmers have to wait a lot. Right? They, they, they sow the seed in the spring. Then they have to wait through the spring, all through the hot summer months, and even into fall. And it's not until this time of year that it finally becomes time to harvest. That takes a lot of time. And sometimes the word of God takes time. I mean, think about yourself. Did you immediately receive the word of God the first time you heard it? Or did it have to be shown to you over and over and over again? Right, God's work through the power of his word takes time. The challenge is, is that you and I live in a world of instant gratification. We want everything faster. We want everything immediately. I remember taking pictures like 15 years ago. Right, you remember you, you get a little camera and then you have to put um, film inside of it and you get like 24 photos. Remember that? Like you put the viewfinder, you're like click, 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 click. And then when you're all done with all your photos, guess what you had to do? 
yeah, you got to take it out, put it in a little canister. You had to go to the store and drop it off. And years ago, you'd have to wait several days to get it. And I remember the day that one hour photo processing came out and I was like elated. You guys remember that day? Some of you are like, that was a red letter day. You're like, that changed my life. One hour photo processing. And I can remember going back, I was just going through some of my old photos and like I'd, I'd like to have stacks of photos that were like this big. And you know, when you really go through them, you find like one or two that are really good. Because sometimes you get a photo of a foot or you get a photo of the sky or you get a you blurry photo and you're like, oh, that's all, that's, that's garbage. I can't use that. Right, but now things have changed so much that you're like, probably on your phone right now, you probably have over a thousand photos on your phone. How many of you guys can agree with that? I got over a thousand. Some of you got like terabyte worth of uh, photos that are stored on your phone. And I'm not gonna call anyone out, but there's like people that like, that's your life. And like photos are instant, right? We no longer, and we're like, oh, nope, lighting's bad. Delete that one, go into the next one. Hey, oh, hair out of place, put it back in place. Like right now, it's just so instant. Everything in life is about faster now. That's not how Jesus is. One of the greatest things that you can learn as a child of God is delayed gratification. Why? Because that's how it is. Right? That, that's why God says, when you come to me, you don't receive your inheritance. When you come to, we have an inheritance that's waiting in heaven and then it's the presence of God. We don't get to usher, we don't come to know Christ and immediately get entered into the presence of God. That restoration is coming in the future. Everything is in the same way. Delayed gratification. And what God is looking for in our lives as we share the gospel, sometimes the Lord does step in, step in and do the miraculous. Sometimes he does it in an instant, but most times change comes slowly through the faithfulness of sharing the gospel. Jesus is encouraging us here in this parable to pers persevere in sharing the gospel. He doesn't want us to, to, to shove it down people's throats. He wants us to share it and communicate it. And we do it slowly. But you know what? There are some pressures in our lives. Sometimes we, we get after it and we're like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm listening. I'm gonna be a sharer of your, your word every time I get, get an opportunity and you become discouraged. A discouragement can come in because you're like, people aren't getting saved and not, not seeing the word of God take hold in other people's lives and you become discouraged. You're like, I'm just gonna stop doing it. This parable is to help fight against that. Don't be discouraged because you have no idea how God is using your witness. You have no idea how God is using your words and sometimes it's over a lifetime. But don't be discouraged. That's what he's saying. Second, don't become disillusioned. Right? Don't become disillusioned about the power of the gospel. You're like, oh, the gospel doesn't work anymore. It's, it's not working. So I'm disillusioned. Like, there's got to be some other way. And you begin looking for other ways. And you're like, ah, oh, what is all of this? What is God doing? So don't become disillusioned. And then third, don't ever be tempted to deviate. Right? The gospel is the gospel. It is God's message. It is the message of Jesus. And we don't have the opportunity to deviate from it. Right? There are some that try to. They're like, well, if I could just make the gospel more appealing to people. 
If we, if we can just make it more uh, not so hard than, and people, don't tell people they're sinners. Well, how are they going to get saved? <laughs> right? That, that goes against the gospel. You have to first understand that you're in need of a savior. You have to understand, first understand that your heart is a rebel against God before you can even have a hope of salvation. It's so easy because we want to be tempted to deviate from it. Because you know what? The, the gospel is deeply confrontational. Because it goes to the core of each one of us where we have to understand, we have to make the admission that I'm not God. You personally have to make that admission. That I'm not in control, I'm not God. That's where it begins. And most people don't want to do that. I love how Paul writes in First Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto life, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Right? It's the power of God to life. Don't be afraid of it. The, the words of God, the gospel, is deeply offensive. But that's all we got. He didn't give us the gospel 2.0, the gospel 3.0. He gave us the gospel and that's it. And that's all we have to share. So let us grow in our faithfulness towards that. And in that faithfulness, we will see fruit over time. Third, small leads to expansive. So if we're looking at the, the kingdom of God, let me help you follow it. First, you have to know the word of God. Right? You have to, to know it. You have to have heard it. It has to have taken root inside of you so that you can share it. And when you share it, share it faithfully. And as you share it faithfully, it will produce fruit in its own time and in its own way. And then third, we see small leads to expansive. Look at me, verse 30. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, we spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples and explained everything to them. So again, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He, there, there are a couple levels, a couple layers of which I think Jesus is trying to speak in these verses. First, he's speaking about the kingdom of God. Beginning, the kingdom of God is going to start very, very small. Right? Few are going to hear, or many are going to hear, few are going to believe. And then what's going to happen over time is the gospel takes root in the hearts of people and the kingdom of God begins to grow. The kingdom of God is going to be a massive thing that the world is going to see and they're going to be able to take root in it. They're going to be able to be sheltered by it and it's going to be a beautiful thing to behold. So that's one layer of the kingdom of God. But also we see as the kingdom begins small, as we communicate the kingdom of God. It begins in small ways, but when it truly takes hold and takes root, it will grow and it will expand and it will be huge. But also, we see that this parable illustrates the life of Jesus. Right? Jesus didn't come 
with all the pomp and circumstance. Jesus came as a baby in a manger. He came small in a very subtle way. Few saw and had their lives changed because of it. But just like that, as Jesus continues to grow and the, the work of Christ as he goes to the cross and dies on the cross and goes to the grave and then resurrects from the dead, like this thing that started small is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. That which started small becomes big. Same way in the kingdom of God. We should not overlook that Jesus comes in lowly ways. Jesus comes in small ways. But yet when it's given the opportunity, the gospel and the message of Christ grows and becomes mighty. Sometimes we think it's easy for us to be wowed by the big movings of God. I remember being at a Billy Graham crusade years ago and and Billy got to the end of his sermon and called people to repentance, called people to faith. And I remember just seeing people by the droves like get up out of their stadium seat and like go down um, because they wanted to, to follow Jesus and make Jesus their savior and Lord. And I remember being so moved by that and so awed by that. I'm like, man, like why can't we see that happen in the churches every Sunday morning? Like God, every time I, I preach, I, ne- I never see like people by the droves coming and what the Lord has spoken to me over my life and my time is that, that God moves in those ways sometimes. But that's not the only way that God moves. God moves relationally. God moves and the kingdom of God gets expanded when I have an opportunity to sit with one of my children and tell them about the love of Jesus. Right? That's where it's happening. Or when I invite someone out to lunch and I get a chance to hear their testimony, they get a chance to hear my testimony. I mean, the kingdom of God is being expanded in some of those seemingly unmundane ways. But the kingdom of God is continuing to grow. The kingdom of God is continuing to expand through our sharing of the word of God. And it's in small ways. Small ways the, communi- the, the word of God gets communicated through relationships, through the people that you know, through taking a meal to a coworker that's going through a difficult time, for asking someone, how can I pray for you? Like the kingdom of God gets expanded in those those ways. More disciples have been made on a one-on-one relationship than any great revival of all time. The kingdom of God gets expanded in that way. We are blessed by believing the greatest news of all time. And we're now in the season where we're not to hide, the lamp is not to be hidden. As you've heard the message of God, your role is not to go hide it under your bed, to put it under a bowl, but instead we're here to let our lights shine before men so that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. This is our time. As followers of Christ, it is our time to shine. It is our time to not hold back the kingdom of God with our words, but to communicate the words of the kingdom of God, of the message of Christ, of our hope that we have in Jesus. This is our time. So maybe you're here today. Today, for the first time, your eyes have been opened to see your need for Jesus. But don't leave today until you have an opportunity to talk with someone about that. Talk with me about it. Say, Pastor, I want to talk with you about knowing Jesus more. Or maybe you're here today and your response to the word of God is that your ears and your heart have become dull to the word of God. 
like you've distanced yourself so much from the word of God today. My encouragement to you is remember, don't just say I'm gonna do better reading my Bible. Ask God to change your heart to say I wanna know Jesus better. I wanna know Jesus more deeply. Or maybe your response is you do have a vibrant work and a relationship with the Lord, but you've been silent. You've kept your faith silent. You've stopped sharing the gospel for fear of rejection, for fear of this or fear of that. Instead, allow God to use the words and the work that he's done in your life to be a testimony to others. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.